I'm comfortable talking about that. Yeah. I don't care. Okay, so what was it like to? Because I mean that. First off, I guess, how was the balance between the the music and the relationship? Did you balance that well at all, or was that? Oh God, no. So, okay. <laughs> no, it was terrible. Uh, it was terrible. There was a lot that I was going through on a on a personal level outside of the relationship that had nothing to do with the relationship. Mm. That uh, uh, neither of us knew how to deal with. So, um, you know, um, I was dealing with, uh, you know, severe depression and like uh, mental health issues, um, anxiety, like anxiety, depression, mood cycling, and all these things that I didn't even know that I was dealing with at the time. Um, and to, you know, to not healthily be dealing with those things um you know i i was drinking i was using substances like it just was not going well at all um when it was good it was good but when it was not it was really like not good so so what was the breaking point for that relationship i think um there's a multitude of things that was going on um if somebody uh had asked me right after like what happened and I, I'd just be like, it was infidelity and I left, mm. um, would be my short answer. Um, after spending some time, like looking back at the, at the relationship and what had happened and what I had gone through and what she was going through, um, you know, uh, a lot of it was just mental health for both of us. Uh, we both played our parts. Um, on my side, it was dealing with uh, addiction and uh, substance abuse that, uh, on a level that I didn't know how far deep I was in. Oh, okay. Um, you know, uh, just not being present. Right. So, uh, in a lot of ways, like like things went on. She went outside of the relationship, and um, that's all I could focus on at the time. So I would have told you that. Looking back at things. I, you know, was I really present the last few years? No. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in clubs from, you know, I'd leave for work at five in the afternoon and get home at seven, eight in the morning, mm. you know, um, loaded. Right. So, you know, uh, yeah, um, there was a massive part on, on my side of that of, of pushing you know, her and everyone away for that point. Um, Cause I didn't know how to deal with the stuff that was going on with me. Right. So what do you, so that you think that was the main point? It wasn't maybe like marrying the wrong person or marrying too quickly. At no. All? no, not at all. No, I think it was um, not being able to like grow and develop and like acknowledge that certain things were going on in the relationship together and, and dealing with them together. Um, things are going to change inevitably. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Nothing the is truth, the same. The truth is fluid. It's not linear, <laughs> is what I like to say. Um, the truth and the, and the facts are, are going to change on a daily basis. And uh, unless you have a, commi- a commitment to uh, change and grow together, um, not just stay in love at the point when you fall in love, um, cause it's not going to be like that 10 right. years, 
they say the seven year syndrome or whatever it is, like every seven years, like everything changes. Um, mm. uh, and it, it does, it does. And, uh, in hindsight, like neither of us were able to change with it. Mm. And, uh, I think that's what kind of like got me to where I was. So, uh, do you have any advice to like, prepare yourself for those changes or and like for for any other couples that might deal with it or not realize that that happens at all communication 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 is in my experience has been key in any relationship in life in general mm-hmm. and uh, I at times have been such a terrible communicator man um uh in the past and then sometimes I'm not great at it now but I try to be um and and by terrible communicator um i don't mean like not verbalizing i mean like maybe not verbalizing things the way that i actually like that are true mm-hmm. <laughs> like the truth or uh uh you know um or articulating myself that well or you know being scared to say something and not saying it because of that or being scared of the repercussions um you know communication when, when i use that it's a broad term i mean it's just honesty open being open uh being willing to look at things that you don't want to look at. Um, mm-hmm. Like that's part of life. Um, uh, it's part of growth. Yeah, that's part of growth. Um, and if you're not ready to do those sort of things um, on your own, like with yourself, like just be honest with yourself, be willing to look at the things about yourself that you, you may not like, or you may mm-hmm. not be proud of and uh, and have a drive to change those things and work on those things, then maybe, you know, Maybe you're not ready for a relationship, to be honest. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. That's totally, <laughs> totally the truth. If you're not happy with yourself, I don't think you could be happy with somebody else because you're at that point you're you're having them fill your holes for you. Yeah. It, and, and it's something like, and it's not even like you, you got to be completely like fulfilled, right? Like no, on top of the world. No way. It's but uh, you know, you gotta. I personally like have to have a willing to look at that stuff at least and acknowledge that it's there and. uh I still feel that way sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I still struggle with all these things, like, you know, almost on a daily basis. They're, they're things that I have to acknowledge about myself in life. Um, if I want to move forward, mm-hmm. I have to acknowledge, like, this is part of me. This is part of who I was. Um, I know I suffer from um, depression, anxiety, you know, and, and substance problems. And, like, what am I going to do to not go down that again actively? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, it took me a long time to kind of figure that stuff. Not that I have it figured out, but you have a hand on it at least to have a handle on it. Yeah. It's a lot of people are afraid of accepting their issues and there's been a push at least culturally of that to accept your issues or not. Well, not to like, and, and rather embrace your issues. Well, there's also been a lot of, um, open discussion i i'd say the tables uh the table's been open for well the discussion has been much more open when it comes to mental health Mm -hmm. uh when it comes to uh substance abuse we got the opioid epidemic going on like nobody talked about right that kind of stuff well not nobody but not as prevalent it wasn't prominent was not at all and uh about being like things have become normalizing uh Things have become normalized, like like talking about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, um, we can appreciate it more um, now that you know uh, celebrities have talked about it. Um, 
families, um, I don't know a family or a person that hasn't been touched by either mental health or addiction. Mm-hmm. Like, um, if you don't personally struggle from it, you know somebody who's got somebody in the family. Almost everybody's got somebody in the family that has. Everybody has their addiction that they don't realize. It's like Oh, it manifests. Coffee. Yeah, it's yeah, a- <laughs> yeah. Uh, whether it be like you know, and there there are healthy addictions. There's but there's also a lot of unhealthy addictions. Well, I don't know if I'd say healthy. Um, I think there's things that ha- do less damage. That's fair. Externally, um, to other people, um, somebody with uh, for let's say a, a food addiction, like they're not running around hurting other people mm-hmm. like a drug addict would to to get you know their food. Um, a drug addict will do it in a much different way that ends up hurting everybody around them right, you know, yeah. much quicker. Is it at the end of the day, what that food addict and what that drug addict are suffering from, that mental condition, is, mm-hmm. the, is the same. Right. That, there's, um, what, I was say, what I was saying about like addiction to healthy things, I was like exercise. I know some people who but even that love exercise. Yeah, that can, yeah the, I was just thinking about that. So yeah. addiction... Um, I think is a term that gets used real loosely, and I, I don't think a lot of people like are really grasping what we're talking about when we talk about addiction, whether it be to exercise, food, drugs, mm-hmm. alcohol, whatever. Oh, you know, that's not working out for me. Maybe you should try something different or just stop. No kidding. <laughs> you know, I, I know what I'm doing isn't healthy. Mm-hmm. I know it's not working out for me. I, I've either eaten so much that I'm, you know, 400 pounds or whatever, or I've, you know burned all my bridges through drugs and alcohol, or I've exercised myself down to nothing. Um, I can't stop. That's the That's whole the point. Yeah, point, you know, um, have you ever thought about trying? Yes, I did think That's about it. Yeah, I think about it every day. <laughs> but I can't. Right. <laughs> so it's all about rewiring your brain. to, And that's that is something that is so hard yeah. to do because it, it's not it's 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 nothing logical it's all it's all at, at that point it's kind of abstract to like rewire your brain because you don't yeah. realize you're thinking about it well you know it becomes an acknowledgement for me anyway i'll speak to my experience with that um i spent a long time trying to get out of um the thought processes i was in the uh the alcoholism uh the drug use and all that stuff it was not an easy path for me um, to get clean and and to change my life. And even being armed with like all the knowledge of what I needed to do, like actually doing, doing it, it is the hard part. Oh man. Um, and like you said, it is like kind of a rewire and like starting to uh, uh, think of things differently. So essentially, you know, um, as it was kind of like explained to me, like, you know, what are we doing? Like when we're in that, uh, addictive state of mind like i'm turning this food or whatever substance or or thing into like my higher power Mm -hmm. into like something that absolutely runs and rules my life so where can i find something healthier Mm -hmm. to be that you know higher power so to say or god right however you want to put it and so you know uh finding a replacement for that you know not putting dependency in all things human you know right understand that there is something you know Greater, bigger than you, bigger than me, and uh, to want to become a part of that, yeah, and have a conscious contact with that versus uh, only having contact with. So, what was that for you? Um, 
for me, um, I, uh, it's hard to say, like, um, I just kind of like, I've never been, um, a huge person of like religion or faith. Um, so it was hard for me, mm-hmm. you know, for a lot of people that, you know, are trying to recover from a, a certain condition and they have like faith behind them and they've been a part of a, a church or whatever for a long time. It, it's maybe a little bit easier for them sometimes to say, you know, this isn't working for me. I'm going to put my dependency in God and stuff. And uh, I had a long, I had a hard time like saying the word God for a long time when I was trying to recover and get out of this thing. Um, so, you know, for me, it just became like, a, like more of like a power of the universe, like understanding that, you know, uh, humanity was not the end all be all of everything that, uh, there were greater, greater forces at work. Mm-hmm. And, um, I learned also that for me, I didn't need to deify it. I, mm-hmm. I, I would be okay. Um, with even the most basic acknowledgement of that to get started. Okay. Fair enough. As, as a beginner baby step. Right, yeah. But it doesn't feel like a beginner baby step for someone. No, it doesn't. Because you, you have to realize that subconsciously you're, you're taking this drug and you're saying, oh, I can only exist with this drug. Yeah, that's what it feels like. That's, yeah. what, that's what it feels yeah. like. And especially when you go through withdrawal, it, that, it, it, it heightens that to the nth degree. Well, yeah, you go into your fight or flight, like, I'm going to die if I don't get this. Right, exactly. And and it's it's more of a, I, I need to have this in order to live, in order to keep living, in order to keep existing. I, there's no life with, without it. Yeah. And that's where it gets, and that, and that can be, <coughs> that can be a substance, that can be people, yep. that can, that can be uh, ego, that can be, that can be so many different things. In some extents, it can be God. Uh, well, I, well, very literally, it can be God. It, yes, absolutely. For a lot of people, it is God. Yeah, and I know people that have gone down that wormhole too. Mm-hmm. Like ended up in um, cult type situations, oh, yeah, yeah. and yeah, like extraordinarily unhealthy, almost more unhealthy. Well, I don't know if that's that's not fair uh, to say. Just as unhealthy as a drug addiction. Right. Yeah. It's it's crazy how the human brain will take something and completely run with it to its total extreme without realizing so to as we've come to understand it we're we talking about a brain disorder mm-hmm. and that's what you know like uh, uh modern day medicine or however you want to put it uh has come to understand addiction and and uh you know it, it's a brain disorder mm-hmm. so some of the ways that i've dealt with my own issues is uh you have to realize what your triggers are you yeah. have to realize what you're thinking before you do it, what you're thinking after after you do it, and then slowly, <laughs> and, and that's hard to do. Yeah, I mean that's the again we go back to the whole thing of like describing addiction. Yeah, I, sometimes I I would even know what I was doing was wrong, know what I was doing was bad, knew the repercussions, it, yeah. but I couldn't help but do it. So you know, um, yeah, man, it's a bear. Yeah, there's. Um, one of the, one of the things that I've read that was helpful was that you uh, you know your triggers, but as soon as you catch yourself, you just immediately do something else. Yeah, you know, like you set your mind to okay, I'm gonna go for a run for at least like five minutes, or yeah. I'm gonna read I'm gonna read this book and get completely distract myself. That it, and granted, it might be just kicking the can down the road. Yeah, but it's it's. <laughs> It's re it's it's rewiring your brain to like okay now this is a trigger for running or now yeah. this is a trigger for blah 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 and it's it's breaking down the old habits and break and putting them into 
newer habits that are more reasonable or more healthy. I realized, I, I understand that train of thought and that mm-hmm. train of thinking, and I think that works for some people. Yes, it works for um, some people. That not did not all. work for me. So what worked for you? For me, it had to be like, uh, I went through uh, uh, a process in which I um, I had to kind of like, re- not kind of like, I, I kind of, I reinvented like myself, so to say. Mm-hmm. And I had to take a look at like all my morals and all my driving forces behind my actions throughout my life and kind of like uh, inventory them, get them in front of me and like identify the patterns and, and kind of say to myself, these are the patterns or thought processes which have gotten me to where I am, right? It's not working, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's not working. At all. And if you've gotten to the point where you need to write all this stuff down and look at it, clearly something's like, you know, if you need to put that much effort into it. But anyway, um, so I got everything down and I, I sat down with another guy and uh, uh, we talked about it for a minute and it was just kind of like, okay, like I see all these thought processes that... Um, that aren't getting me anywhere and mm-hmm. that I keep falling into and keep resulting in bad behavior and uh, making the decision to like do something about it, like like change it and like rewire my thinking from top to bottom and kind of let go of that old personality and um, be willing and open the door to a new one. Mm. And uh, it's not an easy task. No, it's not an easy task. There was a a point in my life where um, I would, <laughs> I always like to tell stories. So I would always <laughs> exaggerate things or say things that just weren't true in order. And, and it's gotten to the point where at, at some points I can't remember what my actual life is. Yeah. Um. So I had to go through that. And I kind of right now I'm kind of dealing with the consequences of that and having to, um, I I do I do know the the right timeline. I know my right timeline, but it was getting to the point where it was like, eh, was it? But I've it, it's, and then you have to rework those relationships because now there's these people that they oh, yeah. think that I've done all these crazy things or they've done, and some of them are true. But it, it's it's a matter of saying, hey, uh, and that that's super humbling to have. To do that oh yeah hey, I, I lied to you and yeah that was wrong that's with me. Yeah. part of what what i did too you know um um acknowledging the patterns in my life and and uh, uh i think this is something that's uh universally talked about uh, actually a lot in uh, like make, making um amends and like like mm-hmm. changing things in order to move forward like kind of uh, uh putting the past um at ease so to say and not behind me um Entirely, because I think it's important that I remember right. um, what that was like, but making things right to the best of my ability, you know. And then and, moving on. And and yeah. there's something to be said about, like, relapsing, because it, it's going to oh, happen. Oh, God. Yeah, man. Like, the journey first started for me of, like, serious sobriety back in 2008 or so like that. And What like, a time to... Yeah, right? Um, and... Uh, it's you know it's been a struggle like relapse is absolutely part of my story you know and you gotta remember that it, it's gonna be part of it no matter what there's no perfect end to something like that it, yeah it's always gonna be a part of you you're always gonna have your triggers and it it won't speak as loud but it'll be there it'll always be in the back burner of your head and you just gotta suppress and suppress and suppress well you know i for me interestingly enough like that's not there anymore really oh really 
Like I don't That's good. I don't walk around with um certain things on the forefront of my mind anymore at all. Like I feel free That's from good. it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I wouldn't have it any other way. Well, yeah, well, I would I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. But for me it's it's still always in the back of my head like for example somebody will say something and then I'll I have that story that's a lie and I'll be like oh by the way blah, 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 blah. yeah and then and then it but it's it's like a, a constant struggle to not only keep my mouth shut but also just to like uh relate in a different way yeah and, in a healthy way in oh. a healthy way that that's not necessarily lying well that, that is not lying and that is uh helpful to the conversation at least yeah it's re- and you can't be discouraged when you relapse no and and it's it's not part of everybody's story but it's no, a part it's of not, a lot of yeah. people's story is uh you know um driving fa- you know certain si- circumstances situations come up and and it 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 happens things happen. you know i i think of uh talk about that like i think of Philip Seymour Hoffman, you know, 22 years sober, relapsed, and, like, I mean, like, OD'd. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. people di- people didn't even know he, like, had a problem. And, yeah. Like, yeah. And next thing you know, you know, after tw- 20-something years of sobriety, uh, we lost him. That's wild. Yeah. I was thinking more of the line of, of getting out of it, relapsing, like, so say you go a day without it, and then... Uh, then you relapse, but then you go two days, three days without it, and mm-hmm. then you. Re- so it it's you have to realize that some it, it is a journey. It's it, you if you have to be in it for the long haul, you can't be in it for the short term because if you yeah. do that, you're just gonna get hit with withdrawal after withdrawal after withdrawal, and it it varies. Uh, a blanket statement for me, um, like that is is kind of it's super subjective. At That's first, fair. it's for the short term. Like, okay, like, uh, depending on what you're dealing with, too, right, you know, yes. um, if you're dealing with somebody who's uh, uh, out, you know, who who's dealing with substance, like hard substance, you know, it, you know, that one time could be the last time. Mm. So, uh, uh, you know, the short term can be very, very, very important for them that they, you know, they get some sort of separation from whatever's going on. Um, um, but at the end of the day, like, we are all looking for a long, mm-hmm. long term solution. Yeah, that's part of this. I, what I was saying is that you don't want to be discouraged if you're relapsing after no. a day or so. No. It, it, you can set your goal to be a day without it or yeah. two days without it or a week without it. Sometimes it needs to be five minutes. Sometimes, you know? yes, exactly. And it's, it, but what I was saying is that you need to uh, be in it for the long haul. You have to yeah. realize that it's a, it's a long process. And yeah, when I, uh, when I first decided I wanted to try to get sober... Um, uh, it was interesting. Um, first, I thought, you know, well, if I could only do this on the weekends, like, I'll be mm. fine. Um, then I realized after a while, okay, just doing it on the weekends isn't going to work either. And mm-hmm. uh, I'll do that for a few months. And then, you know, next thing I know, it's it's every day again. And right. Whatnot. And so it was kind of like a pivotal point of where this isn't going to work at in all. my life. Yeah. yeah, at all. Which is a whole nother, like, ah. Uh, Beast. Yeah, like oh, oh no, jeez, no. oh, 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 no. like this really doesn't work. <laughs> All right, well, we've talked about that. Uh, what is there anything else you uh, have in mind to talk about? Um, not in particular, man. I think we've covered a pretty broad range of topics. Like, I'm I'm a pretty open book. Like, if you got questions, like fire away. Um, I'm just trying to think about questions that uh, haven't 
been explained already. Because um, it's it's oh, what are you looking forward to most now? Most now, um, man, I just look forward to. Uh, I I couldn't be happier about landing in Citropolis, and uh, I'm really excited to see uh, where we progress there as a as a live venue, like as a music venue, mm-hmm. and just as a uh, part of the art community here in Lancaster. Um, How has the art community in Lancaster changed over over? Oh my God. Um, geez, uh, I left Lancaster in uh, early nineties, right? I came back in like the mid nineties for a minute and then went up to New York city for a long time, came back. Like there was barely an art community here when I left. And, um, it was, uh, while I was away, like the first Friday thing started and, uh, you know, all, all kinds of great programs that the city put into action, and like I came back and like just this stuff was there, like Gallery Row and uh like good venues. Um I I mean it went from non existent to being like super prevalent, like um to Lancaster really being like a, a destination mm-hmm. and uh encouraging um of arts, uh which which blew me away. Um yeah. made me want to be part of the community. Right, it it was wild. Um, apparently, recently, it, it's been more exploding more than ever in like the twenty twenty tens at least. Yeah. because uh, before I I only came here around twenty sixteen twenty fifteen. Oh, actually, no, that's incorrect. Twenty seventeen is when I went to Lancaster Bible College. So that's that's when I would have been around here. But apparently, before that, it was kind of like dying in some aspects. Yeah, I I you know. Lancaster always did have a bit of art. We had the Chameleon Club for what forty years. The Village, um, some major major acts um, on the uh, beginner band circuit, so to say. Uh, tremendous talent has come through Lancaster for for a long long time. But in terms of like local um, music and art scene, uh, just the development we've seen in the past decade and the, the support from the city um, has been. Incredible, incredible. It made me feel like when I moved back down here in like that, I was either 2010 or 2011, I was like, ah, you know, I, I can get down with this. Like, mm-hmm. I see that it's it's happening, that things are headed in the right direction. So to be part of that and to be bringing in, um, you know, uh, acts that probably wouldn't come to Lancaster if they weren't playing at Cetropolis uh, uh, means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, um, to be bringing in some diversity, um, I'm I'm really happy about. So, what was it like for you when 2020 came and everything shut down? Was that like heart stopping to you? Yeah, um, <coughs> it was. Uh, man, everything just kind of stopped, as we're all well aware, and it was just like, oh my goodness, like what do, what am I gonna do? And. Uh, you know, my heart dropped for a minute, and I sat at home for about two weeks. And luckily, like, I have the, that mechanical inclination. And, uh, you know, I, I went down that wormhole for a while, and that, that was, like, my therapy. I'd just go over to my shop and work on motorcycles and um, tinker around with toys. And, you know, I was lucky to be able to have that outlet. Mm-hmm. And uh, the pause and, like, the break from everything was kind of like a blessing in disguise in a lot of ways for me because uh when we came back uh is when i started at zootropolis uh 
on more of a regular, like close to full time mm-hmm. basis. So it was it was rather nice for you. Um, it had its ups and downs, just like right. for everybody. But uh, now that we're coming back, um, and have now that I've gotten through that whole chunk of time, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, I think I came out in in a position where I want to be. Like I'm really happy. That's good. Now it seems like yeah. it. Sure. Yeah, like. Being there, and all my friends say that too. Like, man, you're happier than I've ever seen you. I was like, well, man, I love what I do. I work with phenomenal people, like bringing art to what I think is a fantastic community. Like, I love Lancaster. Um, Mm -hmm. I think we've got a lot of great things going on. Some not so great, but the majority. For the most part, it's going pretty well. I feel. Yeah. From what I've seen just in this past year alone. Well, I'll tell you, when I was here in high school, we didn't come downtown. Period. Oh, yeah. Well, we did, if we wanted to get weed, <laughs> we'd come downtown. And even then, we were scared. Right. Like, we didn't want to be downtown. Um, it seemed like there was nothing going on that was good, attractive, or... Uh, was the Central Market there at that, at that it point? Was, it yeah. was, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and, you know, th- this was my experience as a kid. Right. Um, you know, uh, I was in East Petersburg, but I'd uh, be come down here and to me it was just scary mm. like i didn't want to be down here you know i was a country boy from wisconsin that moved to east pete and even east pete felt urban to me wow. um yeah yeah i mean so coming downtown it was just scary to me i didn't see art downtown was pretty run down back then mm. um there just wasn't much destination wise um lancaster's always been kind of like a tourist area oh, for because sure. of the amish stuff and in the, the central market, scenery. but in terms of like a local scene and like a local art scene and music, um, man, it's it's night and day difference. That's good. Yeah, yeah, and and again, just to be part of that and to be able to support that and make a living is like I couldn't be happier. I don't make a ton of money. I make enough to get by, but my life is very rich. That's good. That's it's and it's not always about what. Um, like what you have and all that jazz. It's, no, it's more about all. it's it's what you do and and the people and the connections you make. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. If you're getting in this industry to make money, you're in the wrong industry. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> For the it, most it, part. Yes, that is, that is correct. <laughs> um, and one of the biggest changes that I, I've kind of seen is that I don't think that this podcast could have existed like three or four years ago. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, there would there wouldn't have been that many besides like you know you would have the servant stages and and the sight and sounds and all the theaters the theaters were kind of around at that yeah, point but we, we didn't have the music community or the art community that we do now right you know um for sure for sure and it is growing exponentially uh every, every day. year Every day, every yeah. day yeah yeah there's always Absolutely. new people coming out to like Talos 360 well there's or, yeah, there's there's a multitude of different levels now. There's different scenes. You got the the Telus crowd, which is like a little more young and reckless crew or whatever, and they bring through yep. some um uh, musicians, and- some bigger musicians and stuff. You know, uh, Zotropolis is kind of like a different scene from that. Like we're a little more well, like m- mature, mature audience, professional ish, um, professional musician, outstanding. Not that you know the other venues don't bring outstanding musicians. Ours are more it's like, like classical. Music- more musicians, musicians, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, um, uh, music, true, uh, uh, 
music nerd stuff. Yeah. And uh, we have a very folk, uh, folky sound to a lot of our musicians, and we, we diversify that as well. But um, it's just a different scene. And then mm-hmm. we have Phantom Power, which is yes. like a different scene. A whole different scene. And there's... There's other, we have yeah. a bunch of small communities within our music community oh, that sure. did not exist. You know, uh, just coming into the scene, I, I already know like five, at least five different circles of music. At least, at yeah. least five. There's there's the Tellus crowd with like uh, Bjorn, Robin, Chambers, and, yep. and all that. And there's like the Nathan Arndt group where they have their like nice little folky kind of kind of group. There's uh, Liam Galliano and his and his like amazing bass playing soul soul miners group. Um, it was probably names that you might not have heard. Yeah, of. I just worked with Liam as a matter. Oh of yeah, fact. did you? Yeah, oh yeah, the soul yeah. miners just played at Zetropolis. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, yeah. And then there's like the whole pro. There's a prog rock sec- section in yeah. with Danny Zinger. I think. Um, heard of them at I, all? I, uh, Henry Dvorak is a part of that. I hate to say it, like I'm really bad with names because no, I meet totally, so many people. There's also so many. Yeah, there's yeah. also so many people in here. But then you even you have your like your theater circles, and then you have your church circles because there's some amazing church musicians as well. It's great to see. Yeah, it's it's, it's great really to cool. See. And it's and it's. But what I've realized, it's all segregated. So I, I, it's part of bringing it all together. It is to point. I mean, there, to a certain point. There is circles, and I I like um, I like what Matt's doing in terms of our bookings, in terms of like kind of shaking that up a little bit. Like um, we do um, we bring in all kinds of different stuff, you know, um, which is great. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I don't. It's it's just happy to see the communities, period. And uh, mm-hmm. the more we can collaborate together as you know these separate communities within our music community i think the better it is for everybody um that's why we had spoken before um the radio segment um about music for everyone and some other stuff that's going on in the city man if you have the opportunity to get involved in one of those programs do it mm-hmm. absolutely do it music for everyone is is one of the ones that comes to the forefront of my mind um yeah there's definitely stuff i'm gonna have to check out because i'm 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 relatively new to this whole scene that yeah. being only in I think I came in last August where I started like doing gig musicians and started learning and yeah. knowing people. So it, it, there's so much more that I've just not ever heard of. Yeah. And that's something so, that that's rare. So what music for, I'll tell you a little bit about that if you don't mind. Sure. So um, I volunteered with music for everyone uh, a couple of years ago, like pre pandemic. And what they've done is they financed uh, the music programs in all the public schools in Lancaster County. Oh, wow through uh, like benefit concerts and uh, like all types of different various methods and uh, are those the, isn't that the group that like puts out the pianos I was sound? just gonna say yeah. that they're behind uh, keys for the city which I believe is in their well man I remember celebrating 10 years with them um, they're about to put them back out again they just put them back yeah. out well I live right around the corner from the library downtown and the one at the library was out the other day I'm not sure if they're all out yet but it's happening I don't know if that's a tricky thing like Post pandemic, with you know yeah, people I, putting I, their hands on it, I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it, it, you, it, it's kind of there's there's like a plus and minus to that because like some of the pianos you'll find they're absolutely trashed and like way out of tune and all that jazz. But yeah. uh, it's but it, I mean it's it's a cool thing because uh, you know you'll find a, a literally there will be hundreds of pianos around the city, 
Or like at least 50, at least. I have no idea how many. A lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's of a lot. If yeah. you'll walk around, like, there's there's one at uh, Orange Orange uh, Street Park Garage. Yeah, there's, there's one at the parking garage. There's one in the Center City. There's one right outside of Telus that's yep. usually there. There's That's the one that gets trashed. Yeah, that's the one that usually <laughs> gets trashed. There's, there's one by the Wells Fargo. There's, yeah. There's... It, Muster Park's got Muster one. Park, yep. Yeah. It, there's... It, they're literally everywhere. If you... I'm pretty sure you can't walk a mile in Lancaster yeah, City without sure. finding one. Yeah, and that's a beautiful... Again, yeah, you know, years ago, years ago that would not have existed. And it's unique to the city. I don't think there's any other city that really does that. Um, I believe Lancaster was one of the first doing something like on that scale. On that scale, yeah. yeah. For sure. Um, so what, what else? Is that pretty much the extent of what they do or... Um, from my, my knowledge is, is a bit limited. I know they, at one point we're offering like summer programs for kids and like they had a, a summer camp going on, um, that, uh, I believe was at, uh, little to no cost mm. to, to certain families, like families in need, um, all kinds of things. Matt, uh, uh, again, from Zotropolis is on the board of that as well. I'll so, grab um, him. yeah, I'll, I'll talk to Matt. All right. Well, we um, so we're kind of ending off at least it sounds like so i'm gonna ask you some of the key questions that sure, I like to ask people. yeah yeah so what if you could go back in time and tell little andrew something that you know now what would it be oh geez um probably that can be related to anything um Man, just to be true to myself, like be honest with myself. Was there a time that you weren't on? I mean, I guess. Yeah, yeah, probably. Probably, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably, probably a long probably, time. Probably yeah, it seems time. it seems like a long time. Um, you know, follow my gut mm-hmm. more. All right. Well, so um, we've talked about like have so you had imposter syndrome. Yeah. Right. Was there ever a time where you had like the opposite of that, which I don't know the, but like you had delusions like delusions of grandeur. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. There's times where like I play for a couple thousand people, you know, and uh, oh, you know, I should be on tour. I should be doing this, and like, um, yeah, I've gone all over the spectrum of that. And so, what what keeps you grounded during those times, or what has brought you down from those times? Um, you know, I I think. I think, um, well, sobriety's helped a lot with that, you know, um, um, you know, living like in, in reality of, about things. And, the I don't know, I, I just got to the point where, um, I just found it easier to be like super humble about things and like, just kind of take things as they come and like, not to exaggerate, not to get too excited. Like just to, you know, um, I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I wish I had a better answer for that. I, I just kind of like. Cleared up, like, uh, I guess when I kind of went for that transformation uh, that I needed to, to to clean up a bit, um, everything just kind of like started coming in and in a different light. Mm. And uh, I had a different viewpoint on things. And uh, I was just like, okay with things, whether they were really good or really bad. Like, just, just like going into flow almost. Yeah, just like yeah. a level of like acceptance. It's like, I think they call it radical acceptance. Oh, yeah. Which that's, is, that's a- you know... No matter what happens, it's okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, you know, gotcha. it's okay. Radical. It's it's okay that you know things are terrible right now, right? Because they're gonna get better. Yes, it's okay. That things are good now. You know, 
Yeah, it, one of the the more famous quotes that I always like, this too shall pass. Yeah. Which can mean good things and bad things. Oh, yeah. Um, And it's it's always true. So everything is going to be is going to go away at some point, whether it be happiness, sadness or, or whatever, because it, it, there is no. Life comes in cycles. Yeah, it, it's constant roller coaster, mm-hmm. uh, waxes and wanes, peaks, valleys like, yeah. If I get too comfortable anywhere, I know it's a problem. Right. Yes. So how can we encourage each other? Um, in regards to like growth, how how do we properly critique each other? Is there you have any thoughts on that? Um, you know, just be a support. I just try to be as supportive as I can, no matter what. And uh, if you ask me a question, no, you're going to get the honest answer. And my friends know that. Um, they know if they ask me something, like be ready mm-hmm. for the answer that you're going to get. And if you don't want an honest answer, you know, ask somebody else. <laughs> you know. Um, I, I just think be loving and supportive as we can of each other as humans, as artists, and uh, through this human experience, you know, that we're all going through. So what is the worst thing that has ever happened to you on a show? Like, oh, God. <laughs> um, I mean, I've, I've showed up so sick that I, I couldn't... Uh, uh, perform like like even like mix at a council like i was just like so uh incredibly ill um from alcohol yeah oh from yeah alcohol. yeah gotcha. that uh like so incredibly like hung over that i literally like like was in the bathroom like sick the entire gig yeah oh that's wild yeah it was terrible like i can't believe i even made it there um that's that was like a, a horrible like painful personal experience but like in terms of a show like man i've had like um gear catch on fire i've had really all kinds of crazy stuff happen like i don't know once you're out there for a little bit it's hard to say of any anything worse like it's all been comical at the end of the day (laughs) how else do you respond to that but like laugh it out yeah laugh and put it out yeah make sure nobody gets hurt (laughs) right that's wild that doesn't happen so much now anymore but that's That's old gear (laughs) yeah i was thinking about that because i i've seen one of the synths like the old synths with all the wires in them yeah and i'm like that's that's like you know, the hazard. amps used to be like hot and like the amps used to weigh like 75 100 pounds a piece and like it was just it was just different technology well with all that said this has been a wonderful time <laughs> yeah it's been fun um you can find him as otropolis when is their next show happening um this i want to say friday we have maya Dimitri. That's right. That's that's one of the ones I wanted to go to. Yeah, it's Maya DeVitri, um with of uh, the Stray Birds with uh, Alexa Rose, and that's actually Thursday at seven at uh, Zootropolis. All right. Well, so, if you want to catch that, that there's still t- t- little, there's still tickets available. Yep, there's still tickets at Zootropolis.com. Yep. It's seven. Uh, is it fifteen dollars? Was it? Um, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, that's not my department. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> I have I have the weirdest capability to remember things. I'm pretty sure you said it was like fifteen dollars or one, something one like of the, that. One of the, the it's very affordable. If you, we if just you, had the other Davitri as well, yeah. there's the the sisters. Yeah. So, well, with all that said, this has been <laughs> Corey Rosen with the Story Podcast. Be sure to like and follow us here or on Spotify. You can just search up the the story Corey Rosen. That's all you got to do. And with that said, we're going to everybody have a good day. Bye.